took over the family business that was making a couple of million dollars a year and then grew it well past $20 million. And his goal is to drive it to $50 million in the next 10 years. And these are some of the key points that I wanna share with you that I learned from him. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute. We focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. Most people waste their life, and I just don't want you to be one of them. And especially if you're a business owner out there, most people not only waste their life, but waste all the opportunities that are in front of them because they just keep doing what they've always done. So in this video, I want to share with you some of the key points that I learned from one of my good friends, Danny Elisad, who is the owner of CW Products. They sell roller shutter blinds and so on. Now, he took over his family business five, 10 years ago, was doing a a couple of million dollars of turnover a year and he ended up growing at well past $10 million. His goal now is to get it to $20 million. And I was able to interview him during our business and entrepreneur odyssey on the weekend. And I wanted to share some of the key takeaways that he shared with the community of business owners at that event. And I just thought it's an awesome way where you get all this extra value, which maybe you do want to grow a business and you would love to surround yourself with other business owners and grow and come to our odyssey business and entrepreneur mastermind. But these are the key takeaways that I took away from it that I think are very, very valuable to every business owner out there. And even some of them will be implementable within your own life, even if you're not a business owner. And that's why I think they're so valuable. And Hence why I want to share them. So I've known Danny ever since we were really young. I think in grade seven at school, I used to catch the train with Danny into the city. And so we were good mates. Anyway, I hadn't seen him for years, like 15, maybe 20 years, probably more than that because I got expelled from school. I think I was around 15. And so that meant that I stopped catching that train. And about two years ago, I got invited to a business dinner from a friend of mine, a client as well that I also worked with. And he was there. They were good friends as well. So we got chatting and we've been catching up like every month ever since. I was fortunate enough to hear about his journey of taking over his family business that were doing a couple of million dollars a year and then growing it well past the $10 million range and then scaling it. Now the goal is to get it to 20 plus and beyond. These are some of the key takeaways that I took away from his talk. Now, Danny is an amazing business owner who really thinks strategically. That's what inspires me. I get inspired by lots of different business owners. I love working with people. So my skill set is human behavior. Some of the things that I'm not strong at, which I'm getting way better at, is more of the operational tasks. I know there are a lot of business owners who come to our events who aren't good at the operations, but there's something that you need to become good at and you need to learn over time. And there are skill sets that you can learn through that. So at the event, Danny was talking and one of the first things that he said that really resonated with me, which I think will resonate with everybody else also, either if you're a business owner or even if you're not a business owner, I think this is super relative to everyone in life. And what he said is, what you accept is what you accept and that becomes your culture. And so he said, if a staff member walks and there's rubbish on the ground, they step over it and you see it happen, you don't say something, that then becomes your culture because you allow that to happen. And I think it really hit home with me and a lot of business owners that there are things that I let slide in our business and there are things that other business owners let slide as well, which I saw in the room, that because we allow it, that becomes our culture. So those little mistakes that happen or the staff member that comes to work and complains and you allow them to do that, over time, that becomes part of your culture. Now, we work quite a lot on culture and I think the team that I have at the moment is phenomenal. I think I have an amazing team around me and we're slowly growing on that and building on that. And we made a lot of mistakes in that. Maybe I'll do a talk later on down the track. I might do something on building a business culture. It really hit home around thinking about what you accept is what you accept and that becomes part of your culture. Now, if you're not a business owner, still what you accept is what you accept and that becomes part of your life. So I think that it's really important to just check in in your own business consistently, almost on a daily basis. Is this what I'm prepared to accept? And Jess, my wife, who does a lot of the 
operations in the business. We spoke about this at length even today. We spoke about what we're accepting and what did we need to change about that. So that was one that really hit home. Something else that he said is that communication is really key, that you have to learn how to become a good, effective communicator. I've spoken about this before on the podcast where I talk a lot about communication. Now, it's something that most people have never invested in. Like people go and do, what, 13 years of school. They might go and do three or four years of a university degree or a trade and still have not been taught how to communicate. Yet they'll pick up communication from their friends. They'll pick up communication from their parents. And then they just replicate it and try to figure it out through trial and error. Now, when they do that, they normally get a lot of feedback and a lot of mistakes that they make in their life and in their business because their communication sucks. And really, I had this conversation with my dad, which I brought up in a past podcast where he had a conflict with another person in his business. When I asked him, how did you learn how to communicate? And he said it's through my grandparents or his parents. And I asked if he thought they were good communicators and he said no. So if his parents are poor communicators, yet he learned how to communicate through them, then essentially he knows he's a poor communicator. Now, I would say that the majority of people are poor communicators, probably 99% of people that I come across, even almost 100%, I would say 99.9% are poor communicators because they've never learned how to communicate. And there are so many different tools or levers that you can pull to negotiate, to create conflict resolution, to understand people better, to help people understand themselves better, to do better sales, to do better marketing, to generate better leads, whatever it is, most people just have not learned how to communicate. And you'll hear them bitch and moan all the time about everybody else. But the truth is that the majority of people are in that situation because their communication sucks. Yet, I speak to people regularly and I say to them about coming to some of our courses to learn how to better communicate with themselves and also others. And most of them think that it's expensive, yet they don't realize the opportunity cost that they're losing by being a shitty communicator. In business, if you lose one $10,000 sales, that's negative $10,000. I say to people, come along and do a course and they might go, well, $5,000 or $10,000 is a lot of money. Yet that's $10,000 that can create a positive cash flow exchange in the future. It could be a week, it could be a year, whatever it is, depending on how long it takes for somebody to implement. Yet in their head, they see the outgoing cost, not what it actually costs them by being poor at something. Now, most people do this because they will see money going out of their bank account and they see that as a cost, yet they don't see the opportunity cost that they consistently waste in life by being shitty communicators. Now, that could be a argument with a partner that lasts for two hours. Now, if your time is worth $30 an hour and you have an argument for two hours with your partner, you just wasted 60 bucks. Now that might not seem like a lot, but if you're a business owner, it's not 60 bucks because you also have to pay tax. In Australia, you've got to pay goods and services on top of that or GST. There are other outgoing costs that might've just cost you 80 to $100 for that argument. Now, if you've got 10 staff members that are all unclear and let's just say it costs you $2,000 an hour to have a one hour meeting with them just in cost, then you've got to add on also the other costs that are associated with that. So let's say it costs $4,000 if you double their wage, that's just costing by the time you take out tax, GST, operational costs, the lights, the computer systems, all of that sort of stuff. So let's say that that meeting costs $2,000. If that meeting is a shitty meeting and everybody's unclear, not only have you just wasted $2,000 of time cost, you've also got now a whole week where staff are ineffective. That might be costing you tens of thousands of dollars just by not understanding how to run a meeting effectively, how to communicate effectively with people, how to drive results in your team. You might've just lost 10 grand. And I will hear every week business owners say, oh, it's expensive to go and learn this stuff. It's fucking expensive not to. It's stupid not to. And you multiply that over, let's say a business owner has a business for 10 years before they sink it. Let's say they're wasting 100 to 200,000 to maybe even a million dollars a year in lost opportunity costs by having ineffective staffing, poor communication, inability to negotiate, conflicts at work, all of those things. They might be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in opportunity costs and just wasted time. And this happens every day of the week. So communication is super important. And Daddy spoke about that, about really understanding how to communicate effectively with other people. It's something 
that I've worked on a lot with my team. In fact, last night I noticed Jess was a bit upset and I couldn't figure out why. We just got talking. I asked a couple of questions and I let her talk. And what I noticed was she was communicating in a feminine way. I'll do a whole nother podcast on feminine and masculine communication because it's very, very different. Yet it's been really confused and there's been a whole bunch of shit that's going on in our society around masculine and feminine and what it means and all that stuff. I'll get onto that in another podcast. But I noticed that she was communicating in a feminine way, which was non-literal. And she had emotions that she was trying to understand. And so I just listened to her. I didn't give her advice. I just listened. And because of that, she was able to get what she wanted off of her chest. I reconfirmed those feelings with her. She felt understood. She said, thank you for listening. And then everything was sweet because all she needed was someone to listen because she just needed to understand it herself. Now, if I had gone in and communicated in a masculine way and given her advice and told her what to do, she would have shut down. And that would have been more frustration, more resentment towards me, the business, other shit that's going on. And that stuff will come out in spurts throughout the week. She'll get more frustrated, agitated. That can cost a lot of money in the company, but also it costs a lot in our relationship as well when I'm having a whole day under pressure and stress. And then I've got to switch off at the end of the day. And then I get her trying to communicate those same feelings and thoughts through her emotions at the end of the day. A lot of business owners go through that where they get home from work and they get into their safe, quiet space and they're just chilling out. And the next second their partner comes and wants to discuss everything and get shit off their chest, but they don't know how to navigate that communication or how to deal with it. And so it can be quite frustrating. They can get resentful. Their partner can get resentful. Both people can feel unheard. This is so common, but you try and get someone to invest some money and invest some time to learn how to better communicate and understand themselves. Most people won't do it. They just put it off. But that's why the average person's fucking average, right? So that's why they're called average people. And most people are pretty fucking average. Most people are pretty predictable in their thought processes. They're predictable in their patterns. They're predictable in their behaviors. It's really, really obvious, especially after you've been working with tens of thousands of people over the last decade or so, maybe even more, you do see these patterns of behavior come out because most people are very, very predictable. And I hear it every day. You know, Michael, I want to grow my business. Yet when you tell them the price and the time that they need to commit to make changes from their patterns, bang, they come up with the objections and the stalls and all this sort of stuff. That's just common. And that's where a really good salesperson, a really good communicator can help them overcome those things. So communication was number two and really investing in your ability to communicate and understand not only yourself through the way that you communicate with you, but also the way you communicate with others and the way others communicate with you. So number one was what you accept is what you accept and that becomes your culture. Number two was communication and learning how to communicate and become an effective communicator. Number three, what I learned from him is that the learning never stops. So Danny took over his parents' company. His parents came across as immigrants to Australia, refugees. And when they got here, his dad started a business and went door to door and sold roller shutters essentially. And that's how they grew the business. That's how they started. Now from there, he built up a successful business and Danny worked in the business from a young age. Like he said, essentially at weekends, I would work and I would work from a young age because that's what my family did and that's how they survived. So their whole philosophy around life and family and everything became just work. And that was their survival mechanism. So anyway, he said that became what we did. When he took over the business, he could have just taken over that business. It was already doing a couple of million dollars a year in turnover. He could have just sat on that, would have been fine. Business didn't grow, but he would have been nice and comfortable, wouldn't have to change anything. What we do know from past podcasts is that comfortable normally creates a discomfort eventually anyway, because things that don't grow die. So anyway, Danny got in there and he learned a lot and he grew and he had to take over the family business. And he spoke a lot about how challenging it is when you're taking over a family run business that a parent has started because it's their baby and essentially you're asking to run their baby. So there's a lot of other challenges with that. It's not as easy as what most people think. But something that he stated was that something that has really helped him to drive the growth of the business is this need to consider 
consistently learn. Danny, I've known him the last two years, he is always reading, he's learning, he's going to seminars, he's going to courses, he's surrounding himself with the right people, other business owners, he's got mentors, he has coaches, and he's quite happy to pay for them because he knows that that there then leads to greater opportunity costs or greater opportunity value exchanges, I guess, in the future. I don't even know what to call it. I guess it's opportunities. It opens up greater opportunities in the future because you've got a skill set that now you can utilize. So he was really, really clear that an amazing investment that he kept making was in himself to grow into the person that he needed to be to keep driving the company forward. Now, this also brings up another topic that most business owners don't do that. When I have a look at most trade-based businesses, as an example, because we do get a lot of them who come to our events, normally, let's say a trainee that's an electrician, they're normally good with their electrical work. They build this electrical business and they have a skill set where they're quite good. They're quite good with customers. And then now they're getting more and more booked out with work. So their calendar's full and maybe they're running at 110% capacity or 120% capacity, which means they're working on weekends, working after hours, plus then now they've got to do the accounting and the tax and all that stuff. So they hire other people. Over time, they naturally progress into a business owner, but they haven't really progressed mentally in a business owner because what will happen is when there is constrictions in the business, they'll chuck on their tool belt and they'll get back out and they'll be doing more electrical work in order to help the business to grow. And instead of thinking like a business owner, they think still like the electrician or the trade-based person which needs to go out and do jobs. That can stall the growth of the business because instead of really figuring out what the real problem is, which it might be their hiring strategy, it might be their retention strategy, it might be their culture, it might be that they don't pay enough, maybe they don't have great enough margins. Instead of solving those problems in their business, they jump back out back on the tools, which then creates another constraint again, which is that now there's no leadership in the business. And so that creates another problem and another huge bottleneck that they have to deal with. Also that when you go from being a trade-based person and you've got a skill set or any base person who has a skill set and you jump out as a business owner, normally what you have to do is you've got to learn sales, you've got to learn marketing, you've got to learn leadership, you've got to learn communication, and you've got to learn all these other skills, taxation, legal, dealing with customer problems, dealing with staffing problems, dealing with politics as the business grows because you've got politics inside the business as to who leads, who's managerial, all of that sort of shit that go on in bigger businesses as they grow. So you have to keep learning. Now, most business owners don't learn. They don't think about that I need to learn how to be a business leader and I need to learn marketing and I need to learn sales. They normally just stick with what they do and they keep going out and doing what they've always done. And so the majority of trade-based business owners aren't business owners, they're still tradies. And so in their psychology, they are still tradies. And that's a problem that most people, when they see themselves as an accountant and then they go out and open an accounting business, they don't see themselves now as a business owner that does accounting. They're an accountant that runs a business and they're two different things. So he really spoke about the need to really be a business owner and to learn and to grow and to invest in yourself. Sometimes that can be a lot of money and it all can also be a lot of time, but that's what you need as the business grows. So I think that that's super important. Years ago, I remember talking to a CEO of a very large firm and he said, Michael, do you know what a CEO does? And I said, well, I guess you run a business. And he said, well, sort of, but like, what do I do on an average day? And I said, I'm assuming you're in and out of meetings and you've got heaps of shit going on. And he said, nope. And he put his feet up on the table and he said, this is the majority of my day. I spend sitting in my chair thinking, I think about what can go wrong. I think about what can go right. I think about what can change in the economy. I think about what can change from a political standpoint. I think about the team politics that's going on. And what I'm trying to do is I'm analyzing how the business operates and I spend a lot of time thinking through things so that I can create the right strategies that keep consistent growth happening in the company. And he said, so to most other people, it looks like I do nothing. But in fact, I do the most critical role, which is thinking. And he said, that's what happens a lot of the time is that lower level staff in the scheme of things think that most high level business owners don't do much, but they actually do a lot. It's just that it goes 
goes from the doing of stuff to the thinking through stuff. I just wanted to share some of those things as well, because if you're a business owner out there, that can happen quite a lot. Some of those things are massive mistakes in business. He also spoke about the vital role of looking after yourself as well and making sure that if you're a business owner, you can't just work flat out until you burn out. That's a strategy that most business owners have when they start, but that doesn't work long term. And he spoke about the importance of being on top of things like your mindset, looking after your health and really being effective with the way that you live life outside of work as well, because it directly impacts work and the input that you're putting into the business and also the output that is generated from the business. That if you're drinking all the time, eating shitty food, beating yourself up mentally and emotionally, you haven't dealt with the old crap from the past, that all of those things weigh you down and bog you down, which stop you from growing as a person. Those things that stop you growing as a person will stop the business from growing, especially when you're the leader. So he spoke about how critical it is to make sure that you're consistently working on yourself, prioritizing your health, prioritizing your mindset, and prioritizing your other values like family or the things that give meaning to your life and doing things because it's meaningful to you, not just because you're trying to make money. And he said that that's one of the most insignificant parts of running a business is if you're just always focused on the money, the business will become very dry. It will become very stagnant. It will just be a place that you go to make money. And then you use that money outside of work in order to try to buy back some enjoyment. But that's not really the reason why you start a business. You start a business because there's opportunity there because it's fulfilling to grow as a person. And so he said it took a little bit of time to rewire his brain from the doer all the time who is trying to make money to thinking about the consistent long-term value that the business creates and thinking about the value that he creates within the business. Because like he said, if the business is creating value and he's creating value within the company, then the business will always have money because the company is valuable. And so he spoke a lot about the difference between thinking about things as value instead of money. And I thought that that was a really good distinction as well that most people get confused, especially when they run a business. And what can happen over time is that if you just think about money, I think that most people become very dry. They become very stagnant. They become very grumpy. They become very frustrated. They become very resentful. And they have a lot of these really almost like dry emotions. And I see this quite a lot with a lot of the business owners that I've worked with over the years, where when they first come to me, if you ask them what they do, they resent the business. They resent what they have to do. They resent the staff. They have this resentment towards people around them. They resent their partner because their partner gets in the way of them growing the business, which is supposedly going to make them money and money is going to make them feel good in life. And so their markers for life and how well they're doing are directly related to money instead of the things that money do for them and the lifestyle that they're trying to create. Now, if you're working to make money so that you don't have to work, I think that's also a massive flaw as well. I'm just going to add that in there. If you're a business owner and you love business and you love your personal growth and you love to grow as a person, business is awesome because it pushes you to grow. It forces you to grow. If not, the business falls apart. So I think that it's a great opportunity to really enjoy life because you learn things that most other people won't learn. It forces you to do things better. Like I know that my health has had to massively increase over the years, hence why I very rarely drink these days because I can't afford to drink. When I drink, I know that it affects me for a couple of days afterwards with my thinking. I also know that a really shitty diet affects me mentally and emotionally and that impacts the business. And so I had to make those changes. I also know that if I didn't learn how to prioritize me first and then the business and do it in an effective way where I can still grow the business, but where I feel awesome about the life that I'm living, then shit can fall apart really, really quickly in life and life can become unenjoyable. And I think most business owners don't really enjoy life, even though they say they do, most of them are fucking miserable. So these are just some of the things to think through anyway. I hope this helps and I hope this has given you an insight, especially if you're a business owner, but also if you're not a business owner, I really hope that this is helping. I just wanted to share some of these business hacking tips and tools because I know that most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. Anyway, I hope this episode helps. If you haven't liked and subscribed, please do so. It's been absolutely awesome. I just want to say a massive thank you. We've just gone over the target that we had for the first month, especially with the likes that we've got or the five-star reviews. I think we just crossed 20 on Spotify. I think we just crossed 20 as well on Apple. For those of you who have been liking, rating, and reviewing the podcast, I really, really appreciate it. We hit number 14 in iTunes 
iTunes on the podcast list. I hope we can push it into the top 10. So please, if you love these episodes and you want me to keep doing more of them, please keep sharing it, liking it. If you haven't rated it yet, please go and do so. I don't want to sell products and shit like that on here. I just want to share this stuff free. But what I would really, really appreciate is the more people that I can share this with or I can get this out to, the better it is for us as a business, as a brand, and it opens up more opportunities for us as a community. So please, if you haven't already done so, please remember to rate, review, and also share the podcast with others. Anyway, have a great day, Driven Mofos. Keep living with Mojo. 